Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. We talk to a different creative professional every week, and this week I'm talking to filmmaker Javier Fuentes Leon about his new movie, The Vanished Elephant, which premieres at the LA Film Festival on June 16th. So check it out there. I think it's at 6 p.m. His previous movie was called Undertow or Contra Cariente. I'm, I'm probably butchering that title, but it was that beautiful Peruvian gay love story that won the Sundance Audience Award and was a big hit all over the place. So this is his follow-up, and it's really cool and different and terrific. So before we get into that with Javier, a little bit of housekeeping. I would love it if you wrote me a great review on iTunes. That really helps. Um, If you like the Dennis Anyone Facebook page, if you hear an interview you really like and want to share it on Facebook or any of that stuff, all of it helps grow the podcast. If you want to uh, donate to my virtual tip jar to help keep things free and cover some of the expenses, you can do that at DennisAnyone.net, and I would love that. Um, Every little bit helps. So without any further ado, let's get right into our interview with Javier Fuentes Leon. Hey there, I am here in the Los Feliz apartment of filmmaker Javier Fuentes Leon. Your place is so cute! Yeah, no, I want to sit here and write and be inspired. Is it that thing where I walk in as a writer and go, "Oh my gosh, this is so perfect." You have a big view of like the five, but it feels like a river. <laughs> and then once you move in, you're like, "You know what? I don't feel like writing." <laughs> you know? Do you do you feel inspired here? You know what? I actually I felt like I needed to be when I right. moved in here. Right. And I realized that it wasn't happening. Right. It doesn't you matter know. where you are. That's my point. Yeah. That. And I think. It, I mean, with, with me, it works. Your point works completely because I. The problem with being here, even though you know have an office that has a nice view and you think you, you would be inspired, is that I am a freaking you know I don't stay still for that much time when I'm right. in my house. Right. So I go and play guitar, I go to the fridge, I start cleaning, I you know, and yeah, then all the stuff. two hours later I'm back at the computer. Whereas if I go to a cafe or a coffee place or anywhere, you know. I cannot leave my computer because it will not be there when I get back. Right. You, so, can't, you can't just play the guitar in Starbucks. Yes. Right. I love it. <laughs> so I am forced to be there. And, right. I, and, and I found out that after three years of trying to write here that my house didn't work. I get it. No, I, I'm, I'm the same way, you know, because yeah. at home there's too much going on. Yeah. Your new movie, The Vanished Elephant, is yes. playing at the LA Film Festival. Yeah. Congrats. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. I, I really... I mean, you know, I've been here 20 years. I wanted this film to have some kind of... I wanted it to have a U.S. premiere, and that it happens in L.A. It's great. This is the U.S. premiere? It yes. is a U.S. premiere. Where yeah. else has it played? It played... It, it premiered in Toronto. Fantastic. You know, and and usually the the fear with premiering in, in Toronto is that the U.S. will not... Like, the good film festivals of the U.S., the, the most well-known, I guess, will not take it because they already say... They, North, they usually North say... North America. Well, they, we, we already have your North American premiere. Yeah. You know, so I was afraid that it would not happen, and I'm so glad that LA Film Festival said yes, and that it's in my hometown. I've been here for 20 years, so my friends can come see it, people that actually work on the film that I love, you know, Philip Bartel, Grant The editor. I was so happy to see Philip's name. Philip's a friend, and he's edited so many great movies. Yes, and he edited my first one, too, Undertow, so, you know... He's going to be... He hasn't seen it in the final state. Grant Nelson, who designed all the... Credits, you know, hasn't seen it. They're yet. beautiful, the credits. Yeah. And then Bill Giorgio, who, who did all the visual effects, they haven't seen it, you know, projected or finished. So I'm so happy that... Now, this is happen. your follow-up to Undertow, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, yeah. or Contra Corriente. Yes. Did I say that even close? Did I even come close? <laughs> no, you did Contra Corriente, yes. Which was, a, which was, did very well at Sundance. It won awards. Everyone loved it. 
Then you go to make the second movie, the next movie. What's in your head? Is it hard to follow something like that? Thank God, you know, I mean, luckily I didn't... I already had the idea for The Vanished Elephant. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, what now? You, it yeah. was always there. You know, it was, it was there. It was not as form as, as it ended up becoming afterwards. But I already had the idea of, I would love to do something like this. And originally, actually, my idea was, and I wrote it, thinking of L.A., yeah. You know, which is another reason why I love that it's premiering here. Um, it was actually after shooting Undertow and having such a great time with the crew in Peru and also figuring out that financing might be easier to find out, ironically, to find outside of the U.S. For a film like, like The Vanish Elephant, which is, you know, in many ways it is a genre film, it's a thriller, you know, but it has complexities and it has yes. challenges that I don't know if I would have tried to do it here if I and get financing here if I would have been allowed to do it the way I wanted to do it yeah. and, and have my own cut I guess or my own your version. own vision yeah talk a little bit about the plot it's very sophisticated it's very complex it's like a puzzle that comes together um, how do you describe it when you're asked to describe it like well, now, for example. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I describe it without really going in much in, into the actual plot of the movie. I mean, what I do, you know, it's the story of a of a mystery writer, like a f- famous novelist, you know, who has decided to write his last novel about, and he uses recurring character in all of them, you know, and. He is kind of like in a writer's block for the last seven years because seven years ago, his love was that you know his fiance, the love of his life, disappeared without any explanation. Right. You know, and the movie starts seven years later. Later, not later, but later, uh, when when he gets clues from a mysterious woman he's never met before that he believes could lead to finding her. Right. And hopefully not knowing what happened to her, but hopefully find her alive. Because he still believes that she's alive. Right. You know, even though she's been completely gone for seven years. Um, and so he feels that this... And what he gets, the clues that he gets are... Like, this mysterious woman brings him an envelope full of photographs. I loved any time he got an envelope. Yeah. I love those envelopes. I love those pictures. Because <laughs> I'm like a puzzle guy. Like, I like puzzles and games and... Mysteries and, and yeah. you must be too. Yeah, I do, and I, I you know, I, I even remember I grew up doing crosswords with my grandpa, you know, right. and my grandfather. So from the very little, you know, I like figuring out clues and blah blah, you know. So so these fo- these envelopes have photographs that each of them don't. I mean, each photograph don't, doesn't make much sense on its own, but together he figures out pretty quickly that they form part of a big puzzle, as you which say. is so beautifully shot and. Your movie has such style and elegance and sophistication, and I was watching it going, they don't make these movies anymore. Not in America. You know what I mean? Well, Big budget, like, course. sort of thrillers, you know, that are like, you know, when was the last time, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I guess Gone Girl did, it was kind of a thriller, but, but it feels like we're superheroes or comedies. Like, to see an adult, sophisticated thing like this felt, it just felt like, oh, I haven't had this kind of movie experience in a while. They don't, they, you know what I mean? Wow, so. that's, that's great. Thank you. That's great. That's great to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the movies are inspired. You know, I mean, I guess just to feel it to finish the the plot thing. You know, sure. so basically, you know, he he believes that these clues are coming from whoever took the 
can't stay away. Right. You know, so he jumps into this labyrinth of clues that brings him closer to the truth, and as you get closer to that, reality starts to, you know... Now, talk about the writing of it, because it's very complex. Are there no cards everywhere? Are you, like, how are you putting the puzzle together in your head? What would, what's your process like? You know, I, I'm not... I wish I was a, an organized writer that would right. do, like, cards and... Right. and I love to buy cards. <laughs> yes. I love going to the store and <laughs> buying cards because yeah. it's not writing. And it makes you feel great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I don't have the right markers. I need those kind of markers that are, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I get that. Totally. I, uh, I'm the same way. I feel like, oh, yes, I'm going to organize myself, and then I don't do it. You know, uh, and, and, and with me, I think it comes from impatience. Like, I wish I was more patient to be, to write a treatment or a step outline or do cards. You know, I remember, I mean, I did cards for like, the first screenplay that I ever wrote that I haven't made. Yeah. You know, I remember writing the screenplay and then writing cards so right. that I could hang them. Right. Thinking that I would be able to reorganize that. And they were ha- they hang on my wall and, it lo- and everybody that came in here was like, wow, you're a real writer. Yeah, that's impressive. And I was like, yeah, no, cards. I'm a light decorator, I guess. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> you know. it's, it's, like, it's like just, you know, it's like, art. Yeah, it's nice decoration here. But uh, So were you? did you know the whole puzzle in your head before you started? No. When no, started? I mean, I, you know, it was a lot of... Just plunging ahead. Yeah, and start and stop and, and go back and start yeah. again, you know. And, and actually, I wrote it, the first version of the screenplay I wrote in English, you know, and I don't want to give it away, but, you know, the names of the characters are crucial, I mean, to, you know, um, because it's playing, we're play, I'm playing with letters and with right. words and with anagrams, you know, so yes. the names of the characters are crucial, and I had to come up with names in English, and then when I decided to move this to Lima... Yeah. And shoot it in Peru and in Spanish. I had to change the names. I had to, you know. Um, you had to make sure the names still worked with the plot and the yes, puzzle. Exactly. So, so complex. <laughs> so, but it was fun. I mean, you know, it was nerdy fun, but it was fun. You know, like, yeah, I, of course. I, uh, um, I mean, it was a challenge, yeah. too, you know, and sometimes I wanted, like, you know, shoot myself. But, right. uh, but, um, but I feel that. Did you have the screenplay done before you finished Undertow? Or did you no. come back to it after Undertow? I come back, yeah. The next thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I got, you know, I started writing notes and, and ideas. Uh, I knew I knew the ending. Yeah. You know, I knew the last shot. I knew. Yeah. You know. Uh, Spectacular, by the way. Oh, thank you. From the very beginning, you know, and the fact that, in a way, you're building towards that. Yeah. You know, without trying to give much away. You know, uh, I knew that, but, uh, but, um, but I didn't... So that I probably knew even before I shot Undertow. Yeah. But then, of course, I stopped. I went to production with Undertow. And in, during post, I started picking it up again. And then, and I was working on two screenplays. The one that I told you that I did all the decorations yes. at the starts, which right. I would love to do at some point. You know, it'll come around. Yeah, and, I, and hopefully that will be my first movie in English. You know, but... Uh, yeah. And, and this one. And this one happened to mature quick, you know, faster... And also find financing faster. You know, so, so once you had the script made, it wasn't it wasn't forever to make it happen down in Peru. It wasn't. It didn't take. I mean, you know, Undertow took me eight years from the when I sat down to write it to right. when I was shooting. You know, this one took like three. So right. hopefully. And also, Undertow did so well and really shined for Peru. Were, did that help? Were they more open? Like, did you? Were you like a favorite son there? Did it feel like? 
Like you were well, I mean, you, you know, made, you did a great thing for the country in a way. No, I mean, you know, I'm not. Is there a parade? Is my point. <laughs> is there a parade with my name? Yeah, uh, it should have been. No. And you in a convertible? No. <laughs> no. Uh, maybe, maybe the gay. Uh, maybe gay pride parade. Yeah, I mean, we don't. You know, I mean, now we have like a very little gay pride, but for you know, but um, maybe in the gay community, which you know, still, it's much more open than when I was coming out. You know, but it was. I, I visited Peru briefly, yeah. you know, for a small trip, and it really is the gay community is much. It's um, not like there's bars and stuff. No. I went to one bar in Cusco that was sort of mixed. Yeah. Um, well, there's more. I mean, there are bars now that are openly gay, but but right. still underground, you know. And in my generation, you know, I'm 46. Uh, it's people are still not 100 percent out. Yeah. They might leave a let. They might lead a uh, gay life, but they're not out to their families, or you know. So, whereas the younger generations, that's definitely it's changed. And now there's, I mean, although we just lost the, there was a whole debate about civil union, and it was not passed. Damn it! There's now a conversation about it, which which there wasn't before. Wasn't it was before, just you not. Know? My sense when I was there was just that it just wasn't. It, around it was very. I mean, it around. is around, but it's very yeah, around. around. It yeah. wasn't something people talked you know, about. So, Undertow is the first movie that has a, a gay. I mean, clearly in the center of the story. Yeah, a gay love story. You know that is actually looked at in good light. You know, yes, and it, it was their submission for the for Oscars. The, yeah, right? it was. What a yeah. huge honor! Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, it was great. But there are other great filmmakers in Peru that are, you know, I'm. Other great, no, there are other filmmakers on the scene that you know, right? That I'm great, but uh, there are other filmmakers in Peru, and there, I mean, one of them was nominated for an Oscar not many, not so long, you know, like in 2010. So she has made much more of a ripple than I have, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But what's it like for you to go back as a, somebody lives in LA and gay, goes to events, outfest, all this stuff, and then go back and then like see how different it is? Do you have to adjust in a way, or do well, you so, feel like a spotlight on you in a way? You know, the, the the funny thing is that, surprisingly, Undertow was very good for me in Peru, too, you know. Yeah. And even my... my it must it was totally embraced. It must have been. It was nominated. It was, it was very... Embra- I mean, it was embraced. It was, it was, you know, chosen as a Peruvian film to represent, you know, Peru for the Oscars. It was... It was the, the biggest box office hit. I mean, not biggest, but it was the Peruvian movie that made more money that year. That had more people went to see. You know, so in Peru, in Peru. So it wasn't. You were number one in Peru that year. Rock well, on. No, 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 I mean, not compared Peruvian to Peruvian made. Peruvian made. Yes, compared, that's not, a big deal. Not compared to Hollywood, you know. Right. Um, so even my, my, I mean, my parents, especially my mom, they were worried. You know, how's this movie gonna be? A, Received? Yeah. Are people going to insult you, or you know? And they were even surprised that they will go to church and come out of church, and their friends that are their age, which are, you know are seventy, they will be like, "Oh, I love that movie. So I'm so proud of your son." I mean, that's the people that would never that break. That's so amazing. Yeah, that blows me away. So it actually, yeah, and, and it blew. My, you know, I kind of believe that that could happen, and I'm happy that it did because it kind of it blew away my parents. Right, know? and, you, and like, the movie is so lovely, and its heart's in the right place, and so yeah. all the things that, that you're talking about, it's it's set up for that, but you still don't know how people you are don't perceive know. it. Yeah, you know, and there were still people. I mean, you know, I think that if people were able to forego the the if they were in the theater somehow got into the theater, yeah. you know, I think they. Very few people rejected the movie um, because of the homosexual thing, you know, yeah. because... 
nobody there weren't a lot of people storming out like because I think they were they really realized that it wasn't there to it was there to show they were there a, to go with that story yeah you know? uh, but there were a lot of people that didn't want to go in just based on the poster or just based on the fact that they knew that this was about two men you know but hearing a story about your parents and their friends and the things like that does it really uh, reignite your passion that art can really change people, move people, affect things, that there is, that there's, that it can really I mean, move beyond just entertainment. Oh, believe me, I, we, you know, we got many Facebook messages from guys, and also women, you know, that had gone to see the movie, and after that, they have come out to their, you know, girlfriend, and say, I'm actually, this is my story too. That, does it make your day? Yeah. Is it just I mean, kind of like you got a swing your year. Yeah. <laughs> it must be amazing. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were hundreds and thousands, hundreds and hundreds, but, but they were like, you know, enough to be like, wow, this is really, for some people, this is really, they're using this to make a change in their lives. Yeah. Because they're seeing in the story that not making that change can have really, you know, heavy consequences. So, so... But to go back to, the, to, to your question about, like, you know, going back there and then coming back here where clearly I'm very out and very involved with, you know, the gay community here. Sure. Um, it makes me value outfits and things like that. It makes you appreciate or, it. Yeah, or Akbar or, you know, yeah. anything, you know, that we right. take for granted here. Right. Gay pride, you know, and that yeah. we sometimes, you know, look, at, at, look down at uh, another yeah. fucking event, you know. I value them still, <laughs> as if I was if it was the first time that I was going to them. I think that's great. I was last year right before Pride. I I'd gotten to travel to some places and I got to go to Dubai, and I had a friend working there. And you know that culture is very oh yeah repressed, and yeah. and um, I got to experience a little about that and learn about what it was like there. And when I came back, it was Pride, and I'm like, I'm going to go to Pride and appreciate it and just really see it, you know, kind of in a different way. And then I got there and I'm like. Oh, this is about drunk people. <laughs> I was so, like... There were so many messy drunks, right, in my face. Like, I just was like, all right, I'll just, you know, uh, I'll I'll try to focus on the other stuff. But, no, boy, it's, Yeah, it's not always... You know, unfortunately, it's not always... I don't know if unfortunately, but, you know... It's but I, I went there with this one idea, and then it was just like, hey, what are you... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And those are just the people. Those are the people I knew, you know. So, but that's really cool. Yeah. Um, now, Undertow started, I, as I remember, in the Outrest, Outfest screenwriting lab. Is that right? Yes. Or you, and and yeah, I did. And that was a huge sort of stepping stone for getting that movie off the ground and on its way or developed. What did it mean to you to be chosen for that? Well, it actually uh, it was the first pat in the back. You know, saying so the first yes, the first yes, a yes, yeah, can it's buy huge. you a year, <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, you know, and it, yeah, and it was it, so. It was the first yes. I didn't make the movie in the U.S., and so did you originally write it in English or was it? I wrote it in English. I, yeah. I, you know, the funny thing is that you know, I moved here to study film here, but before that, I studied medicine. In yeah, film. you went to medical school. I yeah. read that. So. So my my film life started in the U.S. And so anybody who could read and give me feedback spoke English. Right, so you speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so mean, better. now after having made those films, you know, two films in Peru, I have the counterparts of the film right. industry in Peru that can also give me feedback. But when I started, 
I had I was living in Peru and living medicine, and I was not gonna give you know. So I wrote, I learned my first screenplay class in my life was in English, and right. everything was in English. So were the people around me. So I've written both Undertow and The Vanished Elephant, even though they're shot in Peru and in Spanish. I've written them in English first. How hard is it when you've written something in English to to translate it into Spanish? I, I would imagine it's trickier than one might think. It's not like there's an app for it or anything, you know? There's like, well, now that... I mean, I, I imagine there's more than just differences of language, maybe. Um, well, you know, the good thing is that by now... I've been here 20 years, so by right. now English is... It's my second language. It's not my first language, but I don't have to think. Right, you about, don't. Yeah, you know, you think in English. Just, yeah. I, can, I think in English and I think in Spanish. So, Great, which I feel very lucky about that. You know, so jumping from one to the other sometimes it's tricky. I, you know, I'm. I just finished writing a comedy, well, my first pass at a comedy, which will be hopefully my next film. You know, yay! I love it. Yeah, and um, and I started writing in English again. But then I had this deadline for this Peruvian grant, so I said, fuck it, I cannot write this all the way to the end in yeah. English. So I stopped writing in English, and I continued writing in Spanish, so I had a hybrid screen. Right, exactly. I love and, then, and then I had to translate the English part into Spanish so I could submit it to, to this contest, and now I'm, I'm translating the Spanish part into English. Right. You know, because now I want feedback from my friends here and from the people here. And comedy is a little harder. Right. Because Something of the idiomatic expression. And the rhythm and everything. And rhythm and all of that, you know. Uh, and, and, and I'm making fun of Peruvian society, and it's kind of like an upstairs, downstairs, gay, straight, you know, so... Right, love it. So I'm making fun of all of that. Um, so this one is, is proving to be a little harder than the other ones, you That's know. so interesting. There's a line in your movie about Peru where, where one of the characters said, in this country we pretend to be more than we really are. Is that something you believe about Peru, or was it just something that was would have been in the English version if you did it, or is it something about the character of the of the country that you were saying there? Well, that comes to you know that's a, that's a reply that that this this character this woman yes is t- is giving the main character um, because he's saying that his fiance would have never fallen in love with this guy right that she fell in love with right and there's some kind of a class thing. An understated class comment there. Right, like he's and not good enough. Yeah, he would have never been good enough for her. Right. And her reply is, well, I like him. Yeah. You know? And that's when, you know, get off your pedestal. You know, right. not... You know, we pretend to be much more than we are. It's like, not because you are... I mean, you know, Peru is a very divided society, you know, where the people that have money are very separated from the people that don't. Right. Um... So the people that are people that are trying to get from one of those levels to the other. Yeah, and, and also you know do whatever they have to. Yeah, and also usually, I mean it's changing now, but having money and having education came with a more European skin tone color, right? You know, or skin tone, I guess. So, which is changing now, but there's still this, you know, like the generations of my parents and the ones before. It was very classist. It's right. still very classist. And you could often tell almost by looking. Yeah. Right. So, wow. so she's making, I mean, I'm making through her, right. stop at, you know, stop pretending to be, you know, this aristocratic European thing that, you know. Right. That doesn't make you better, honey. Right. <laughs> um, going back to Undertow, so you, you won several awards at Sundance. 
No, I mean, just, no, it was the Audience Award. The Audience Award yeah. Sundance. Which is like winning several. Yes, it counts as, it felt like several. It felt like several. It's your first feature. You've worked on it seven years. You go to Sundance, you win the Audience Award. What was that like? It was insane. I mean, and it was very, I mean, I very unexpected to, you know. Right. And I know you hear that, but it was, you know. Um, but I remember when they announced I was, like, walking all the way to the podium. You were in, You were there for the ceremony. You yeah. Didn't, you didn't, nobody had hinted at it or anything. No. There was no buzz, really. You were just there. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I do believe that um, foreign films and Sundance, you know, are in their own little... They're the movies that are not as sought out by the press and by, you know, as... People as, discover them. And they, you know, yeah. the people that are watching them sort of discover them. They're yeah. not buzzed about, and they don't but, have yeah. stars necessarily. But you know, the press and everybody goes to Sundance to see what's the great hot American new film. You know? Right. It's that's that's what is the strength of Sundance. Right. So in a way, when you are in the foreign competition, at least that was my experience. It's not that we had a lot of press, so we, you know, or I mean, we had very nice Q and As, and there were there were there was like a couple of standing ovations, which was amazing. But you never know. I mean, I, I didn't know this was going to happen. And when we got the, the award, I was I mean everything. What I had in my mind was like, what the fuck am I going to say now? Right. You know? <laughs> Did you have a long walk to get up there? A little bit of a long, long walk, but it, it probably felt much longer because I was like, okay, now you need to be eloquent and, you know. How do you me. feel like you did? Were you in the moment? Did you, do you remember it very well, the speaking? Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think I did okay. You yeah. Know, yeah. And Louis C.K. gave me the award, so that's... That's you know. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's my thing with award shows. If I'm ever lucky enough to ever win or present, I want the presenter and the award winner to have a moment. Yeah. I hate when they just take the trophy and start talking. It's Julia Roberts. Kiss her on the cheek or something. Like, I like them to have a moment. So you yeah. had a moment with Louis C.K. Well, I mean, you know... Yeah, it was a big... Not hug. a big conversation, but a hug. Yeah. You got to hug him. Yeah. That's what I want. I, I, yeah. That's and all the, I asked And for. the funny thing is that, you know, he, he stumbled when he said... And the award goes to Contra... You know, and we were already jumping. I mean, yeah. you know... Once you got he's like, okay, I guess they know it. You know, yeah. some, you know. Contraband. Oh shit! Yeah. Who made, that? What's that movie? He made some funny remark. Yeah. of course, you know, and that was great. Yeah. So when you have a movie like Contra Corriente Undertow, how many do doors open in Hollywood? Do do people meet with you? Do you get opportunities? Because I think from the outside you would think, okay, he's off to the races. It's well, all it's all going to be easy <laughs> from here on in. But it's not always the case. No. Um... You know, I mean, I don't... It's kind of hard to explain. I did get meetings. Yeah. You know, uh, with agents and... And it's amazing. You know, I have managers now, and when and they tell me that when they talk about the movie, people in the Hollywood industry either have seen it or know about it and have heard good... You know, so... Right. It's a good calling card. But I feel that, you know... Hollywood in particular, you know, they want, even if they appreciate Undertow, they will never finance Undertow. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, it took me three years right. to realize after, like, you know, and I applied to the Nichols Fellowship and all that, and I always got really good uh, reviews, I mean, feedback about the screenplay. But after three years of knocking doors in the U.S., I realized it was never going to be financed the way I wanted to make it. Right. So... So I feel that if I would have gone to them with a screenplay that was clearly something that they would like... Paul Blart, you know, or something very commercial. I don't, that's a bad example. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't 
know, you know, something that they thought, okay, we can do this in the U.S. Yes, we can make it for a reasonable price, and we can make money. And on we this. can, yeah, and then maybe, but unfortunately, I was not. You didn't have that script in your bag because I, you know, the Vanish Elephant. Even though I thought it could be, you know, it, it was more complex, and so, so I don't know if if I would have had something way more, you know, Hollywood oriented. Right. If that would have done much better for me. Right. I mean, much better. I don't know if, if much better is the right word because it's not. I, I'm happy that I made the Vanish Elephant in Peru, and, I'm, and, and this comedy that I'm talking about, I'm going to make in Peru, and then I would love to make it. But at the same time, I'm working on something that I hope will, will be in English. Right. I guess you know. And I'm making it in English doesn't mean making it in Hollywood only. You know, right. it can be you made independently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you write about in the Vanish, Vanish Elephant. You talk about an earthquake that was in Peru. Yeah. Were you there for that? No. No. No, I, uh, no, I was here. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but I had gone, when I was looking for locations for Undertow, you know, and I was looking for a small fishing village. Right. I went to this area. I mean, we shot Undertow on the north of Peru, like 18 hours driving up the, the, the coast in Peru. You wow. Know? Um, and we shot the Vanished Elephant in Lima for the most part. But we, but you know, there are this this scenes that are happening in this desert by the ocean. Yes, which is like a reservation that is three hours south. Okay, which I've always loved. I, you know, I mean, I discovered a ton of, of undertow when I was doing look. I mean, I, we went through the whole coast, pretty much the whole coast of Peru, looking for a town like the one that I found, which I needed for undertow, which was enchanting. And yeah, and wondrous. Yeah, and it was perfect for the movie, and it's exactly what I needed. But I had always wanted to shoot in this reservation, this desert by the ocean, which looks like Mars with water. Right, it was extraordinary. You know, um, the problem with that location for Undertow is that it didn't have a town. Right. Because it's, it's, a, it's a reservation and, right. and it's for, you know, nobody can build there. So it didn't work logistically, but I wanted to shoot there. And when I had gone to do the location, the location scout for Undertow, I went to that beach where we shoot for the Vanish Elephant, and a right. fisherman told me, look at that, that's an elephant. Wow, it does. It's a rock formation that looks yeah, like an elephant. it's a rock formation that looks like an elephant, you know. And I took a picture of it, and then six months later, this was like January of 2007, in August, so eight months later, there was an earthquake, in that area, which was like 7.9 or something like that, and not only did it kill like 500 people and it destroyed a lot of towns around it, I mean, not destroyed completely, but, you know, right. it was a huge Lucky. earthquake, yeah. you know. But a lot of these geological formations that have been there for thousands of years yeah. fell down, including the, the elephant. So it's not the way it was when you took that picture. No. It's, it's, so I, I used that picture to reconstruct it. You know, so in the movie you see the, both versions. Of, and yeah, you had that picture. Not. Yeah, and I had that picture to use it. You know, and that's why the film is called The Vanished Elephant. Yeah. Because the, that elephant doesn't exist anymore. But it's also a metaphor for the fact that the fiancé disappeared. Yeah, you know? she disappeared. And there's a painting of the the, elef- the vanished elef- the, the rock formation. There's a, it's a photo collage. Yeah. yeah, that's in the... the, the, the that I would hang it. in my house. I was like, yeah. when you have a painting that's so... or an art piece that's so central to your movie, you want it to be great, and it was really great. I was like, that's a great... My boyfriend made it. Really? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. No, he's great. Yeah. I mean, I... Um, 
I mean, I went with a photographer friend of mine to the to that area, and we took a lot of photographs of you know little stones and you know the ocean, the water, the sky, the rocks, so that he could have material, and then he yeah. he created the elephant based using those photographs. You know, so um, that's so handy. What's his name? His name's Stephen yeah. O'Malley. Oh, of course. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's his thing in there. That's beautiful. Yeah, I didn't notice in the credits. Good for yeah. you. And, uh, which is really inspired by David Hockney, you know, I mean, yeah. because originally when the movie was supposed to be take, take place in the U.S., it was actually called Pearl Blossom Highway. Right. Okay. And, and the idea was that the museum that you see in the, the movie in Lima yeah. was the Getty Museum, and the collage was the Pearl Blossom Highway collage by David Hockney, and, you know. Right. So, but of course, I never knew if David Hockney was going to tell me, yeah, of course, right. you can use my, you know. You can use my So, own, right. I had to change, you know, and when I, when I moved it to Peru, it didn't make sense to use the Getty Museum, right. you know, in LA. So, so I had to come up with a collage. Well, and there's a scene where there's a guy talking about it and stuff yeah. like that, and you really believe that that's an important work of art. So, yeah. well done. Yeah, so we made it up. <laughs> Your movie has amazing style and great... Thank you. ...elegance and um, the photography. Who, how did the DP... Talk about working with the DP. It's the same guy from Undertow. You yeah. know, it's a Colombian DP. I mean, both, both, my, both movies have been a production between Peru and Colombia. Uh... Undertow was also a production with France and Germany, but I would say that the Colombians and, and, and me, we have been like a nice partnership, you know, and we are working on the comedy together, hopefully. Is there something... So... I, I know from my own work, I've done some creative writing work. This is sort of not really... It's kind of crazy, but I've, I've written some shows for Princess Cruises, and then I go and put them on the ship, and there's something really great about doing your thing, writing, directing, creating... And not being in Hollywood where everything's being... It's like you get to do the thing without the, I don't know, the anxiety, the, the, the game or whatever. Is there something about, you know what, you got your money, you got your team, I'm going to go to Peru and make a movie. And it's just going to be about the movie. It's been the reason why I haven't really... One of the main reasons why I haven't jumped to being here. I'm a little... It, because it's wonderful. It's it's pure. It seems pure from the outside. I mean, you know, it has its own... I mean, believe me, you know, it's still human beings. Right, so, you know, of course. So it has all the... You know, it still has uh, frictions and conflicts and, you know, I'm not going to, like, romanticize. Right, of course. Making films outside of, the, of, of Hollywood is always wonderful, you know. But in my case, it's been wonderful. Right. You know, um, and so... And actually, I was freaking out before Undertow because I didn't know. I mean, you know, after seven years of trying to find money. Yes. You know, once they told me, okay, we have it. Now go and make your movie. You know. No shit, I have to do it? I, and then I was, I was, I, I mean, the worst anxiety which turned into depression that I've had in my life only once, not even when I was coming out to anybody, you know, right. was when I was told. Okay, now you can go make a movie. The hardest time emotionally in your life. Yes. Because I've, I've got, had my ups and downs, and mostly related to work and, and things like that. And yours came when they said, when it was on, yes. Yeah. How did it last a long time, and how did you No, it lasted it? for two months. And I, I would just, like, get up, you know, get out of bed and go to casting and pretend that everything was fine, but I was freaking out inside. Wow. Because I, because... Because you felt like, oh, shit, I, I don't have it? I can't do I it? I don't know if I have it. You know, uh, I've been saying that I do. I left medicine in Peru to go to study film in yeah. the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I made a couple of shorts. 
and you know, and now I'm supposed to be the leader of, of the ship of the ship when which is like what is for me the irony and the fear i mean or not I know the fear, but you know the challenge of being a first time feature filmmaker yeah. is that you're probably the least experienced person in that fucking set, right, you know, and you have to be the leader right. That's you know. true. They've all worked on a bunch of movies. They've all acted yeah. in a bunch of movies. You know, and you, and you probably directed shorts, and you probably helped in other shorts, you know, but, but every, you know, but I don't know. I just felt that, oh my God, I, I have to lead people that have been sets that know exactly what they're doing. Right. You know. Can I do it? Can I do it? And also, I have to lead them in, in Peru, and I don't mean Peru as... Meaning in Peru in relationship to the fact that I was doing a movie about a gay love story. Right. And you had to get all your crew And I was the only... I mean, I, me and one other guy were the only two gay people on those crew of 60. Wow. I mean, are these people going to laugh? Are they going to make the actors uncomfortable? Are the actors going to tell me I'm not going to do that? Right. Because they were, you know, none of them were gay. Right. So you get the news, you go into a funk. What lifts you out of it? How do you get out of that depression? And you have to go make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think it was day by day, you know, even though I was feeling like shit, I realized, I, I still got up and I went to the casting and I, you know, and... And it, was there something about, I'm doing this thing that I love? Like, you, I'm getting to do the thing now. Yeah, but I didn't know if I loved it yet. Yeah, you were looking at headshots I, and meeting actors and yeah. feeling all mixed up. You know, because I was like, uh, am I making a fool of myself? You know, I mean, there was a lot of uh, insecurity, of course. You know... And what made the insecurity go away was that little by little I realized, I'm, not, I'm doing an okay job. People seem to, you know... Respect you. They're all there because of you. They're all there because they like what they read, you know, and they're liking what I'm telling them about what I, how I see the movie. And, and as I started to lock down, okay, so you're going to play this character, and, so you, and you're going to be the DP, and, you know, and they started bringing things... By the time we actually got to the day before shooting the film, I had no stress anymore. Right. And were you in um, Peru that whole the time of the depression, the pre-production time? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. yeah. Which usually pre-production is the, the part that I like the least. You know. Why? I think it's because things are still up in the air. Right. And there's a lot of angst about this one fell out and we can't and we yeah. Da, 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 da. Do we have the money for this? Are right. we going to be able to get this actor? Are the dates going to work, you know, or whatever? Or are we going to get this camera, or are we going to have to go with, you know... Yeah, all that stuff. All that. Now, Undertow is a beautiful gay love story. Um, The crew, no gay people, you, and you said one other person. Was there a moment that you remember where they rallied around the romance, you know, that really touched you when you were shooting it, or... Was it just that they were always on board all the time? Or do you remember a moment that was like, wow, I, I was worried about this and it, and it couldn't have been more beautiful? I, mean, I remember, I mean, you know, one of the actors, one of the two guys that played the romantic leads, you know, uh, one of them, who is a huge star in Colombia, was particularly uh, worried and freaking out a little bit about the sex scenes, you right. know. And... So, you know, so we made arrangements that it will be a minimal crew during those sex scenes. I had told him, I'm going gonna, gonna to show you the frame. So you'll know so exactly you'll know what we're getting. what we're getting, you know. But clearly, he was really stressed out. But the, right. the two of them were. But one of them was pretty, much more vocal about it, you know. Right. Uh, and I remember finishing that sex scene, you know. I mean, finishing shooting the sex scene. And... 
the sound guy and the gaffer went to the two guy to the two guys who were to still naked, yeah. you know, and you know, pat them in the shoulder and gave them a thumbs up. I mean, they didn't hug them because they were naked, you know. But right. I mean, but they said that was beautiful. You did, but, you did, you you delivered. Yeah, and, and I respect you guys. Yeah, you know, and this is from a straight guy to another, you know. Right. Like, wow, that's pretty great, you know. That the one straight guy was telling another one about making us, you know, making out with another. You know, you crushed it, bro. You yeah. totally crushed it. <laughs> yes, that's awesome, though. But to so, witness that is beautiful. So that was great. And they were you doing know. it for your benefit. You oh, no, no, they, I don't. Think, they didn't even know that I noticed. Yeah, they were not doing it in front of me just to like, you know, let's make you happy with this. Uh, yeah. Now, when I yeah. watched Undertow both times, I was I wondered, did the movie ever? Did they ever? I wanted to see a beautiful screening of the movie in that little village like on an outdoor thing like cinema parody so I, I wondered if anything like that ever it happened did. yeah how did it go what was it like I mean you know they don't have a, a theater so no. we, we had to bring like an inflatable uh... I was just at a screening with an inflatable thing in North Hollywood and yeah. it almost tipped over halfway through a hard day's night <laughs> and the organi- it was the first time organizing it this particular group my friend Glenn called it the waiting for Guffman of outdoor screenings. <laughs> and this dude was running up and, like, pulling it up, you know, bringing it back oh up, God. and it almost tipped over. But it was fun. So you have an inflatable screen. Yeah, so, you know, but we had to... So we had two screenings going. One of cartoons for the kids. Yeah. Because we told that this is not a movie for kids. So right. So we had to give them an option. Right. And so we had to hire some people to, like, entertain the kids that were, like, in the Fisherman's uh, Guild, you know... Um, Center, I guess, right. you know. So the, so the kids were inside watching right. cartoons while in the inflatable, you know, screen with the ocean behind, we had the rest oh of the town. Oh, God. Because I want to be there and I want to live at that screening in that yeah. moment for the rest of my life. Yeah. Was it just as magical as... It was, it was magical, but it was also a little scary because, you know, we had told them... You should put that on the map in a way, internationally. Yeah. Town. But we had told them, you know, we had told them that they would be the first ones to see the movie. And yeah. we delivered on that promise. Oh, so they saw it before anyone else. Yeah. I mean, in Peru. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Sanders was before. But in right. Peru, they were the first ones to see to see it. But also, um, when we were shooting the movie, we never told them what the movie was really about. You know, so th- when they would Did ask, they know there was gay stuff in it? I think they discovered by the end. Right. <laughs> you know, but at the beginning when they were asked what, did, what is the movie about, we would say well, it was about a fisherman who has a friend that nobody likes. Right. And that somehow would be enough. Yeah. Okay, I get nobody, it. Nobody like, you know, asked more so we didn't want to give more, you know. Okay. Uh, because we were afraid it would be like, well, not... Because I remember when I went location scouting and I would ask fishermen all over Peru, so has there ever been like, you know, a case of two fishermen falling in love? And they will always say, um, maybe somewhere else, but not here. Right. Yeah, I've heard of it, but it's not yeah, under. It's but not it's never time. happened here. Right. You know. Uh, so, you know. So we were. So you had your screening. So we had to be very careful when we were shooting, and I don't think they knew how explicit we, right. we were going to be. I mean, and it's not like super explicit, but you know, in the movie, there's two men. Of in course, life. it's lovely. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't know. I mean, and they would be like, they would sometimes they would there would be laughter that was an uncomfortable laughter, when right. were, especially in the most intimate. And you know, one of the two actors was there, and oh so they would God. turn back to him and they would like look at him. How many people they, are we talking about? Oh, like three hundred. I don't know. Wow. Or like, you know, like, okay. Like the whole town. Okay. You know. Like, 
I think I think what actually helped, you know, so we were afraid that they might be get pissed and be right. like, "This is not our town. Right. This doesn't happen here." You know, the good thing was that you know one of the main uh, like a twenty twenty crew, you know, like one of those TV shows, right? Like, like news, you know, from Peru came to shoot the whole thing, and so there were cameras going on right. at the end of the screening, and and reporters going to the town saying, "What, what, do, you what, what do you think?" And they were all like, oh, this is great, you know, and I think it's important that these topics... Right, they got to be on TV and they got to represent. Yeah, and so all of a sudden they were open-minded and they were... I don't know, you know, so I'll never know what they really thought. Wow. But the reaction at that moment was great. Was wonderful. But actually, we did have the car... Ready to go in case things got ugly. That's crazy. That's really interesting. Yeah. What's the, what are the snacks people are eating in Peru? Popcorn in the movie, or what is there special? Oh yeah, uh, empanadas. No, 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 it's popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> yeah. All right. I just wanted to yeah. get the whole. <laughs> yeah. But I love it, and the ocean in the background. Yeah, but there was no. I mean, this was. I think Did we, you take a picture of that? Oh yeah. Of the screening. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. Maybe I'll post it with this on the on the website. Okay, let me see if I get. If you can find it, email it. We'll talk later. Yeah, yeah. But it's like Cinema Paradiso is one of my favorite movies, and yeah. that screams that to me. That's wild. Yeah. So you studied medicine. You went to school for. You got all the way through, right? Yeah. I and, it. yeah. and you decide, I want to be a filmmaker. I'm going to go to California. Yeah, I mean, I had decided before finishing medicine, but I um, and I was going to quit medicine. In fact, I actually submitted my letter of resignation. You know, when I was in my seventh year, so. Which was wow, really, you that's know. like that's like uh, T.R. Knight leaving Grey's Anatomy. You know, <laughs> it's exactly like that. So you, yeah. so you didn't get you didn't. Are you a degreed doctor? Are no, you no, no. I stayed. I mean, yeah. I, 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 uh, I submitted my letter of resignation, but they gave me a week to think about it. Okay. And then I came back because, and and the reason why I came back was I, I ran into a friend of mine who basically another guy who was studying medicine with me, who gave me a very practical. Rundown of why it was not a good idea to quit medicine. It had nothing to do with oh, medicine is so great, you know. Right. Now he was just laying it out. He was just like you know. This was like I don't know. This was May, right? Of I don't know ninety two. And he was. And he just told me, you have no background. I mean, if you quit right now, you will not have a BA or or a you know a bachelor degree in anything. Right. Because you will be leaving before right. you graduate. And you've already gone so far. Yeah. And so if you want to go and study film in, in somewhere... And you can, and film is not taught in the in Peru. So you right. Have, you know, I mean, it was taught, but not very well. You know, like, so you right. have you to, go to go somewhere, somewhere else. else. So a bachelor degree will be very helpful. Right. You know, and also it's May now. So if you want to go to the United States, it's too late. Right. The application period starts in September. You know, so you're going to waste a whole year... Thinking, you know, without being able to apply, you have no background in, you know, there was all these practical reasons why it was stupid to leave medicine. Right. That I decided that he was right, and so I came back, I finished my degree, and in those two years that I had while I was finishing medicine, I researched where to go. This is before internet, so, you know. um, And you went to California Institute of the Arts. I went to Cal Arts, yeah. I remember seeing, getting a, um, when I was in high school, getting... The, the catalog for there, and it just sounded like the most magical place ever. I couldn't have afforded it or whatever, but it was like film was on one floor and then dance was on one floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the fame college. Yeah, I, I, I was lucky to get a scholarship, but I was I would have not been able to afford it either. So. How did you get it? Did you show any kind of work, or did you just apply an, an essay? Like- I, I applied to this scholarship that the OAS gave, in which, it, I mean, I kind of, you know, 
I spin it a little, uh, in which I said that I had studied medicine and I wanted to now bring film into medicine so I could, like, you know, be a right. documentary filmmaker. Right, and help people get healthy around yes. the world. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Use what you got, man. <laughs> did, did you like medicine? I or liked... Did, did you get it further? The more you got into it, you're not like, this is not for me. I like studying medicine, but the life of a doctor is... I mean, I think that, you know... The same way that what we do is not a it's not a career or a profession is a life. Tell me about it. You know, yes. Uh, I think medicine is a life. You know, and so you don't escape it. It's always you know it's always you're always going to be a doctor. So I don't know if I wanted that. I mean, studying medicine was super inter- you know it's fascinating, and the people that I met I are still friends and I love. So being a medical student was fun. Right. But you were looking ahead, going, "This is not the life I want." But the life in a hospital or in a clinic, or in, I didn't. I, I was like, "I don't need this." And also, I know I don't need this, but this is not it's as not fascinating. What you, it's not what you want. And also, there was this other big calling, yearning that yes. I had kind of like put aside because I was afraid. I mean, honestly, now looking back, I mean, there were many reasons why I didn't go into arts or film right from the get go. Uh, and, and it had to do with the fact that, you know, in Peru, uh, in, in the 80s, which is when I came out of high school in 86, nobody, or 85, nobody would, uh, no men studied arts as a career. You had to be a professional, and the professions were very... Right, know, very, very delineated. Yeah, it just wasn't done. It yeah. wasn't something to do. When did the germ of, I like film, I love that world, I want to be part of it, when was it first, when did you first remember feeling that? Watching movies as a kid. Yes, I mean, you know, I I was the kid that would rather sit down and watch a movie than play soccer. Or, you know, right. uh, I can't relate to that at all. No, I totally get it. <laughs> yes. Like, I think it's a way. I, I mean, maybe for young gay kids, it was an escape and a it, way yeah. it was creative, and it, it was the opposite of like, mm-hmm. you know, football or whatever that thing is we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, I like soccer, you know, and, and, I, and I love the World Cup, you know, I mean, for more reasons, you know. Yeah, the players are great. <laughs> yeah, those thighs, come Yes, on. they're wonderful. But, uh, but I think, one, as I was saying before, one of the reasons why I didn't go into arts right away was because I was afraid that it would help me. Right. That people would say, okay, oh, clearly, clearly. You're clearly you're gay. Wow. You know, so I, and I was such a golden boy, and I was like the good student and the good... Best little boy in the world. Yeah, so I wanted, so like... Becoming a doctor was putting a cherry in the ice cream. You know? Right. There you go. I mean, I'm looking back. I mean, this is not a conscious decision. Right. You look back and go, oh, that's what that was about. That, that's what, you know. What were the first movies that you remember seeing that you were like, oh, that? Um, or your favorites? No, no. I, I mean, I, I'll answer it right away. But I, but I do feel that actually leaving medicine and going into film is my first coming out step. Yeah. You know, because I came out after that. You know, uh... There's a movie that I saw, and I have it from Netflix right now, and it's called Loose Cannons, and it's an Italian movie. Oh, it's, in- it's there's a gay coming out thing or whatever. But what 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 I remember seeing, I saw it in a theater when I was over in Europe, and I rented it again. Haven't watched it, but what I remember was that the coming out is really not about the sexuality. It's like I'm an artist. I want to be a writer. Well, it's about that. And again, he grew up in a family where that was not. Yeah. But that's the big speech. That's the speech totally. that has to happen. Well, c- coming out is. Any step that you take that will get you closer to who you really want to be. Or yeah, who you, who you are. are. It's, it's any step that you take to authenticity is coming out. You know, I believe. You know, so even straight people can say I'm coming out. You know, I yeah. mean, 
No, it's saying I want to do yeah. this thing. I want to play the harp or whatever. Yeah. I want to dance. I want to be in a band. And I want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so, 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 what films? I mean, you know, the films that I remember when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, definitely, you know, The Sound of Music. Yeah, that was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Yeah, and as adult, and as adult, I'm kind of obsessed with the Baroness. <laughs> she how does yes. she put up with that shit? I know she thinks she's got him in the bag, but with such elegance though. Yes, what, why? And then this nun shows up and she's singing and yeah. she's sewing and yeah, she does a, all this shit yeah. and she's a virgin and like, like. But she's in, yeah. And the Baroness is like motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed with her chili. Just her, like she did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a mix a mix of, you know, the Son of Music, Star Wars, you know, uh... Did you grow up in Lima or Yeah, in Lima. Yeah. yeah. I got to stay there a couple of nights and I ate dinner or lunch on there there's a there's a restaurant that goes out kind of on the pier and it's yeah, by yeah. itself. La Rosa Nautica. Yeah, I ate there. I yeah. had a wonderful meal by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was it was magical. Yeah, it is it is kinda of romantic it's very romantic. Yeah. 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 Um but you know, I mean, I had my my aunt, my mom's sister was very. Uh, she was the one that I remember taking me to, you know, I don't know, the Ten Commandments, you know, when we were kids, uh, and I remember seeing. Oh, the, I it's want a, that it's aunt. A mad, mad, mad She's kind of like your Auntie yeah. Mame in a way. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, my mom was very supportive, but she was not as artistically right. uh, inclined as. Yeah, my parents. I have one memory of going to a movie with my mother. That's The Sound of Music. No mm. other... And I love them. That I have no memories yeah, of them me ever too. sitting in a theater with them. But to have an aunt... Yeah. Is she still alive? Yeah. She yeah. must think it's amazing what you do. She does. I mean, yeah, she does. What's her name? Tessie. Tessie? Teresa. Yeah. Did she go to the screenings in Peru? And I'm, I'm sure your whole family she has. did. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, she's wonderful. But actually, I do have a really beautiful memory of my mom... You know, I have I have a younger brother that is like two years younger than me, and I think when I was eight or something like that, my mom told me, you know, they were she was having my my uncles and their wives, you know, I mean my my family, they were like the adults were having a dinner and then they were gonna go see a movie, right? So my mom told me to go, you know, she sent me and my and my brother to go to sleep, but she told me in secret, pretend that you fall asleep because you're coming with us. <gasps> Oh Which gosh. at that year, at that age, you know, you feel like you're so sneaky and special. Yeah, my God. Oh what my was God. the movie? Do you remember? Yeah, my fur lady. Mm. It was like the 25 year anniversary of you know. Amazing. So, and they were like, <laughs> they were amazed. I remember it was like I don't know, 1 a.m. in the morning when we get back, and they were amazed that I had not fallen asleep. I mean, that was a movie. How old do you think you were? Eight. Wow. Year, you know. <coughs> Excuse the, me. No, no. At the most ten. You know. Uh, they were amazed that I had not fallen asleep. That because that was a movie that has an intermission. I mean, that's right. a three-hour and something movie. You right. Know? Uh, and I fucking loved it. And you, you knew the choreography. You yeah. could do the steps. <laughs> yes. You'd already you whipped yeah. up the drum. You know, you totally. had it. Yeah. You were gonna. That's your Halloween. I was Eliza. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember at an Outfest event hearing you tell your story. Maybe it was on video or whatever. But but at first driving by Outfest and seeing people. Yeah, being afraid to go in. Yeah. yeah. Talk about that because when you came out, you wanted to be a. An artist, you come to to LA, you start, you, you know, you study film, but then there's the coming out process as a gay man. Yeah, because I mean, I I left Peru to come to study film, but I had a girlfriend back then, right? You know, and and we were already five years, you know. So the idea was that I would come here to study film, 
And the first year, and then come back and maybe propose. Wow. You know. And then I came back, and I not only did not propose, but I actually came out to her. She was the first person that I told. You know? That must have been so hard. It was. Was it yeah. real? Uh, where yeah. were you? Like, <laughs> at her place or your place? Oh, at her place, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, it was... The whole conversation t- took place in more than just one day, you know, because... The, the first conversation was like, this is not working. The second one was like, you know, this is definitely not working. And, and the third one was like, the reason why this is not working is, you know. But that must have been really hard it was for super, everybody. Yeah, it was super hard. And she was amazing. And she's still amazing, you know. And she's married now with a friend of mine, actually, which is great, you know. Right. Uh, but... Coming so, out. Coming out. Alphas, driving by. Coming yeah. out. You know. So, so you know, even though I... Uh, sorry, I got like a... What? Where am I? I know. Uh, so, but even though, you know, even though I say that, and I believe that my first step in coming out was coming here to study film... Right. I still had a lot of the trappings, you know? I mean, I was I had a girlfriend... Out and, here? Yeah. Living in LA? No, no, no. I had a girlfriend back, back in home, Peru. Right. But Peru still had a big leash on me. Right, of course. You it's know, part so, of who you, so who you are. in a way, I went through CalArts without really being out, which is so pathetic. Right. To go to art school and not All be out. All those dancers, I, come I on. I fucking miss some, yeah. No, but I get it. Yeah. I was late, I was a late bloomer too. I know, but I wanted to punch, my, I, I want to punch, you know. Yeah. Not back then, but now, it's like, what the fuck were you thinking? But anyway. But I look at your story and think it took so much courage and nerve and, and adventurousness, and you're thinking, ah, oh, I wish I had... I'd be more adventurous. <laughs> I guess, we, yeah. Uh... And, you know, so part of that was no finding out that there was an Alfest, which I didn't even know that existed, and then going, you know, and driving by and... By the Director's Guild and just by the director's guild, mingling. Yeah, and, and, you know, waiting, calculating that it would be a red light so I would stop and I'd be able to look and see, oh, wow, look at those men and, you know, and... And so Alfest was sort of your first gay environment. It was. I mean, you know, and, and, and going out to bars, you know. Right. But, um... But um, but I a lot of my re- dear friends, right? Outfits uh, people are outfits people. Same. Yeah. So I owe I, I owe a lot to outfits. Yeah. That's amazing. In terms of not only in terms of you know what it did for my first film and and what my first film then became in terms of my career, but in terms of my people I know. Yeah. And people that are my friends are people that I work with, like Philip, like Grant, right? Like Bill, like you know, and others. David Quantic, you know. Uh, yeah. They're, they're your posse. They're your people. They're friends that I've all met, you know, um, my friend Howard, you know, I, so many that I've met. I've met you yeah. through this. You what know? do you, what's something that you learned in medical school that you always remember? Like that affects the way you treat your health or whatever? Is there one thing that, oh, okay, I remember in medical school, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Was there, was there one thing that stayed with you that from that time? You know, I, I don't know if there's one particular thing that, uh, I think medical school trained me to, you know, work hard and work late nights and be able to, like, still operate the next day. Right. You know, so in terms of that, because... To yeah. do what you have to do, because sometimes yeah. filmmaking is like that. So, yeah, definitely, you yeah. know, and, and you know, my, there's, this, there's this actress that played the wife in Undertow, Tatiana, and she plays, you know, the DA yeah. in The Van Sullivan. That she's always, you know, in bo- always, in both films that we've made, she's like, how the fuck can you still be with energy? Yeah. You know, and I think it had to, the training of, especially the last years in med school, when yeah. you are on night go. shifts and you have to operate, not operate surgery, but you have to, like, you know, function. Yeah. So I think that was, 
one of the main things that I get from medicine. But the other one, I think, is more unconscious and deep, and it has to do with... I think it shaped my sensibility about how I look at the world. In what way? the world. Because, you know, in medicine, you see people... You deliver babies, so you see birth, but then you see people die. Yeah, and you see suffering. And then you see suffering. You see people get better, and you see people not get better. Yeah, and so you see all the stages of life, you know, and, and also, I mean, all the stages of life, but you see important moments in life. In front of your face. In front of your face, in which you have to be not only an observer and control your feelings, but you also have to um, help them. Yeah. You know, so, so I feel that I feel that even though I don't write about medical right. scenarios, you know, I think it informed my sensibility somehow, yeah. you know, so for whatever that's, I mean, you know, I think it made me in many ways quite Probably yeah, more I, compassionate, more empathetic, more possibly. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that would be nice, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, but I feel that I think it's good when you want to do any kind of art to have some experience that it's not only coming from the world that you want to make. You know, like... Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I interviewed Ron Nicewaner, who uh, wrote Philadelphia, and his advice to young people is, if they want to be writers, filmmakers, is don't study that in college. You can, you know, you can do that on your own. You could take extra classes, but mm -hmm. don't spend thousands of dollars on a degree. Study philosophy, study medicine, study something else, so you have something to write about or create about. I thought that yeah. was smart. No, uh, yeah, I, but, you know... I, I don't know, I'm always wor a little wary of giving advice because immediately they can... Yeah, you just never the know. Op the opposite can also work, you know. Yeah, so that's the randomness of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, to, uh, to pay your bills when you got out of CalArts, you did worked on some reality shows, things like that. What kinds of stuff did you do? I My first job in the U.S. was uh, writing for a TV show for Telemundo, which was like Cops, but in Spanish. Wow. And another one was like Rescue 911, but in Spanish. So I was, uh, I, so in the one that was at Right Cops, I had to write, you know, like the voice over right. of the narration of what was going on. And right. it was like Cops, you know, it was, you follow, you follow footage, Cops yeah. that are, you know, arresting people or blah, blah. Yeah. But I also had to write reenactments of crimes. So I would get sometimes as very little as, you know, one guy killed another guy in a bar. And I had to write 10 minutes. Wow. And I was allowed to, you know, make up whatever I wanted as long as I was not giving them more uh, crimes than the ones they, they committed. Right. Yeah, I couldn't say that they were drug dealing and the right. same time killed somebody. But you had to spin a whole yarn. You can make characters and backstory. Was yeah. that great, great training? Well, I hated, I hated it, but, I, right. but looking back at it, I think it was great training. Right. You know, uh... I hated it because it was, you know, I mean, it was very, I don't know if I hated it, but, you know, it's not what I wanted to do, you know, right. and, and it was low budget, and which, you know, you have to be creative with low budget, so that's right. that's the plus. A lot of good training, a lot yeah. of good experience. So I think it's a lot of good training, skills. but I don't know if I enjoyed right. being there in that world, you know, so much. I also want to commend you, your IMDB picture is in profile, which I think is very original. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like a profile shot of you. It's like Hitchcockian. But oh, a, wow. Yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you go on IMDb of you, it's like this cool profile shot. Never seen that before. I'm just saying, you're really creating your own sort of eccentric edge, like, well, oh, we got to get that profile guy. He's <laughs> brilliant. Yes. What's your favorite? I want, I want to 
We you know, know, like that. Oh, yeah. the profile guy. Yeah, the yeah. profile guy. Like, you gotta have a gimmick, right? Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite part of the filmmaking process? When are you like, oh, I love this part so much? It's funny. I thought I would hate being on the set, shooting, right. because of that whole breakdown of, yeah, moment that of, I told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And I and I love that actually. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, I love writing and I love editing too. You know, yeah. as I said, pre-production, the the finance, the being the producer, which you have to be. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Especially if you make films in Latin America, you have to be your own producer too. But if you make films independently here, yeah, it's a big. You, everyone's got to make everything happen. Yeah, yeah. mostly you, 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 most likely you'll have to be a producer too. Yeah, that part of, I, it's something I have to do, but I don't enjoy. But I do. I, I definitely enjoy writing, and I love editing too. Because it's writing again, but yeah. now with something you shot, you know. Right. But the collaboration and the the adrenaline and the the bonding. I like being part of a group. It's funny, yeah. like a lot of writers aren't very social, but I like being. Well, you're very social. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of this podcast. It has nothing to do with you, but it was <laughs> really laid out. But yeah, I like being part of a community, and you know, and a film set can feel like that. From yeah, from me too. And that's one of the things that I enjoy about Outfits. It makes yeah. you feel like you're in a community, you know. Which I also love about uh, Film Independent, which is yeah. another community that you know I'm, I belong to. You know, so. So, yeah, I love writing, I love editing, but they can be very lonely. Yeah. You know, whereas shooting... Right. Unless you're doing everything, you know. Right, unless you're doing it on you your, are, you At know. least there's another person. And yeah. that... And that's... I don't know. I find that great. You know, and especially you if things are going well. You know, I, I would hate to be in a set that is... Unhappy. Know, negative. Yeah, no, unhappy. for yeah. sure. Um, what do you do after you wrap? Do you just die? Do you go check into a hotel for a couple days? Because <laughs> it's like getting... It all catches up to you, right? Um, wow. No. I mean, you know, I take a, a, I take a, you know, in both films, we've actually, we started editing while we were shooting. Right. You know, so. So you were already off to the races. So Philip Bartel was down in Peru. Well, no, actually, in both films, we have a Peruvian editor while we were right. shooting, and then it will be handed to Philip. So he was up here. He, he's been always, yeah. in both, you know, I mean, with the Vanish Elephant, we wanted him to come down to Peru, but he right. was editing, uh. He was finishing it in Dear White People, which is also, which is yeah you know, a great another movie. another yeah. Sundance sensation. Yeah. So, so he couldn't come. So we had the same Peruvian editor that had been that had done the editing in the set of Undertow do the one in the Van Schellefen. But uh, but I guess yes. Yeah, so you know, I take maybe a couple a couple of days of break, but I I kind of want to see you're kind of into it. You're yeah. like ready for the next yeah. thing. Um, the leading man in the Van Schellefen looks a little like you. Have you heard that before? Um, well, I actually... It reminds yeah, me a little of you. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I he's, a, he's a friend of mine. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. Yeah. I loved him. I loved him. And actually, originally, I, I had talked with him a lot about maybe him playing the fisherman in Undertow. But then I decided that he was too sophisticated for that role. You know, um... He he doesn't really wear. I mean, you know, I've been having a, a beer for a long time, you right. know, And I and I told him I want you to have a beer, you know, right? Which he doesn't really Normally, on his yeah. regular life. He doesn't do it. So, right. so I think when he grows a beer, he becomes a little bit more like me because his beer is also a little gray and like mine too. You know, there you so, go. Um, 
But you know, but it is also that said, I love men with beards, so that's so there you go. So it's your movie. So that's the other reason why. Yeah. And in Undertale, the two guys have beards, you know. So, so there you go. Clearly, I love men with beards, you know. But then the other reason in The Vanished Elephant in particular was The Vanished Elephant is it's disguised as a, as a psychological thriller and a mystery puzzle, you know, yeah. movie. It's really a meditation on the process of writing. Right. Or, I wrote or, this down. It's about the relationship between an artist and the thing he creates. Exactly. And I wanted to talk to you about that theme. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, in, in The Vanished Elephant, there's the writer. Right. And the character that he writes. Right. About, you know. Um, and so, and they somehow have a little bit of a similar look at some moments in the movie. Not, oh, sorry, That's okay. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. That's okay. It always happens. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just hit That's that. That's okay. No, it's, 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 it means it's a good omen. It means okay. it's going well. Yeah, exactly. People hit the microphone. Because yeah. they're, they're so animated. They're yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in a way, I wanted... Uh, I wanted the lead character to look a little bit like me, too. Because yeah. it's... Because it's the theme of the artist and the creation yeah. and the person. And, and the layers of, yeah. you know, this reality, that reality, that, you know, your reality and the reality you're writing about. Yeah. yeah. And in the movie the part where they have to reckon with each other in a way, I don't want to give away too much, yeah. is really fantastic. And, yeah? and um, just like intriguing and like, ooh, delicious. It's it's a very different movie than Undertow. I think people that are like, oh, I want to have another Undertow experience are, are going to be like, wait, what's he doing? <laughs> what the fuck up? Right, no, but yeah. it's, it's so complex. But it's like, oh, I get to put on that. I get to watch with those eyes. Yeah. But you do need to pay attention. It is like, oh, wow. Complicated you need, and, and you need to pay attention. Sophisticated, to yeah, I love it. But I mean, you know, I agree that in many ways it's not similar to Undertow. I mean, you know, at first impression, and not only maybe at first impression, but at second, it's not. It's a different like, genre. It's, it's a different. It's, yeah. it's a, it's, it lives in another world. Yeah. This movie, you know, in another genre, in another tone, in another, you know. But there are some, I feel, connecting themes. You know, it's about a man coming to terms yeah. with what he's done. In the Vanish Elephant, I'm talking not necessarily about the lead character, but... Yes. You know, so it's a man, it's about a confession. You yeah. know, Undertow is about a man, Undertow is about a man, a fisherman confessing that he's had a... Right. To himself, accepting to himself, but also confessing to his wife and his community, this is who I am. And in The Vanished Elephant, this is about a writer saying, this is what I've done. Yeah. You know. Um, so they're thematically, they're threads. So there's, there's the... I think that there's a thread of coming, up, coming to terms with who you are and what you've done. Yeah. And confessing that to yourself and to the others. There's also uh, the, the loss, you know. Yeah. In both movies, there's somebody has that is lost. Yeah. A love that is lost. Um... And in both movies, I play with uh, reality and fantasy. I mean, in Undertow, it's clearly more in the magic realism world. And in this one, it's more in the surreal... Right, kind of thriller, thriller you know, mind game, mind game puzzle you know. situation. I yeah. love that. All right, you pick some cards from the ins- inspiration deck, or the observation deck. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, let's see. What was your lowest point professionally? It's the one that I told you about, you know. Yeah, before you, when you got the yes. Yes. Wow. Which was actually, ironically, the, the highest and the low. I mean, I... So interesting. In the outside, it seemed like the highest, and inside, I felt like shit. It's weird. Yeah. Wow. Who were your teen crushes? 
You know, actually, my my I, as soon as I read that, I was I thought of Michael Hutchins from Inexus. He was so hot. He had the best hair in rock and roll. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I would, I would, sometimes I would have crushes on guys, and I'm like, oh, he's got that Michael Hutchins hair. Yeah. If I have anyone's hair, I love. You know, I think he actually taught me, honey, you're gay. Right. It was like, the, oh my the god, strut around I in those videos, you. and it's not only your music. Leather pants. <laughs> yes. Really? So like yeah. those videos, you're like, something's up with me. It's, well, I mean, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And he was fucking hot. He was so hot. It was so sad. Yeah. They made a movie about him, I think. They did? Yes, and I remember, I guess I was listening to the radio, I think the actor that played him won the Australian award or something. Okay. So I think there's an In Excess movie oh, wow. in existence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I should look for it. Oh, what was the favorite know. video? Like, Need You Tonight? That one was hot. But even before that, you know, Original Sin. Yeah. I mean, you know, because he, he, he knew he was sensual. Oh, my God. And he... Showed it, yeah. In his in 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 the way he danced, in the way there was something a little androgynous about yeah, him. Yeah, Fluid body you know, movements, and he has a great voice that was sweet and, and yeah. masculine at the same time. I don't know. I, I thought it was, it was the whole funny. thing. He was my teen crush. What yeah. movie have you seen more than any other? Um. Well, I mean, I, I you know, I it's the ones I mentioned. I mean, Sound of Music, uh, Star Wars. And Mulholland Drive, I think. Mulholland Drive, yeah. that's kind of cool. Which is Mulholland Drive is actually a big inspiration for. Uh, it had Lash, a bit of Lash that. Lash yeah, yeah, know. yeah. I um I got to interview some of the actresses for Mulholland when it was a TV show, and oh, you know it was yeah, going to yeah. be a TV yeah, yeah, show, yeah. and then I think I interviewed both of the the. No, I didn't interview Naomi Watts. I interviewed Laura Herring. Yeah. And uh, and then it turned into a movie, and we had to redo. It. And it, I just remember that time and and how he took something that was a pilot that didn't go and yeah. made a classic out of it. Which I love. I mean, yeah. it's a mind-fucking movie, and, and a lot of people don't like it um, because of that, but I... Right. It's the first time I saw Naomi Watts? Yeah. Yeah, love it. Uh, tell us about when you saw your first Dirty Magazine. Fun question. <laughs> well, it was actually, you know, I think it was... It wasn't that dirty, you know, but I remember being but very... Back in the day, it could be a Sears catalog or whatever. Yeah, yeah. no, no, it was, it was Playboy, right? right? And it was hidden in my dad's uh, closet. Interesting. You know, and of course, and I remember, like, I knew exactly... I remember finding it, you know, and taking it to the bathroom and going through it, and there was all these women naked, and all right. of a sudden, one... There's always, like, that one picture in the back. One picture of a guy, and it was a guy in underwear, not even naked. Right. That was the one. Yeah. You know. Because sometimes you would... My brother had those dirty magazines, and in the back, there would be ads for, like, movies with the star over the yeah. penetration part, but there were dudes there. Now, yeah, yeah. sometimes that was enough. No, this one actually was not even extra. You know, it, it was, was like underwear. a guy in an underwear, and I was like, oh my God, I love you. Did you... And you, would, you <laughs> would you take it... Would you sneak it a lot and always have to make yes, sure it was back completely, then? You never know? got caught. No. Sometimes I have dreams about getting caught sneaking <laughs> pornography as a kid. Like, I would put it in my brother's in my sock. Like, I still... Like, yeah. it, was, it was like... The beginning of like a spy, like I mean, we were spies or something. Crazy. But there's some, I mean, yeah, there's something alluring about the yeah. secret, you know. You, and, and I knew that it was the, the the fact that it was. I mean, of course, I knew that it was something that my yeah. dad didn't want me to. And I think my mom didn't want me to know. Yeah. I mean, because I'm sure she knew that it was there too. Yeah. So I always put it back exactly. The I way love I was that it was just it. one. It, was it wasn't one. a stash. Yeah. No. You may do it. And it was one. like 1978. Yeah. I don't, I, I was they probably playing. weren't even showing yeah. full on yeah. vagina. Um, you talked about coming out to your girl, your girlfriend, your fiance. What was it like when you came out to your family? It was actually much better 
as I think in life, we, we usually, you know, I don't know, we imagine that things are going to go way worse. I mean, at least in, in my case, you know, right. like with, you know, the undertow thing before shooting, I thought it was going to be, oh my God, this is going to be hell and it ended up being a wonderful experience. You know, uh, I told my brother first, you know, and he was cool. And then I, and I told my parents here, I, I you know, you brought me to the home turf, quote yes. unquote. Home court advantage. We did, a, you know, we we met in. My brother was studying in Chicago, so we met there for Christmas. Then we went to New York for New Year's, and then my parents and my sisters came to LA to visit. Right. And I asked my parents to stay longer. You know, I mean, they didn't know why. You know, and my sisters left, and I actually, yeah, and I came out to my parents, and I forced myself to not do it the last day as as I was driving them to the airport. Right, right, right. You know, I forced myself to do it as soon as my sisters left, but I had already talked to a priest because I knew that you know they would have questions. Yeah, that would be you know a priest that belonged to the gay and lesbian something yeah. of the Catholic Church. You know, and I had also talked to a psychologist. Right. So I took them. I mean, I made it very. So you had talking points, or you had retorts, and I said, "Well, I basically offer you know, if you want to go talk to a priest, I can I've take got you, a guy. and if you want to go talk to a psychologist, I, and they they wanted to talk to both of them, and it was actually one. I mean, that was so thoughtful. Like yeah. you really like you really like. Okay, I want to I want to pave the way for this for yeah. them as best I can. Well, you know, I mean, it took me a fucking what thirty something, you know, thirty yeah. years to to get to that level. Yeah. Of okay, I need to tell them. I wanted them to. I don't know. Have a little bit more than just. You wanted them to give them some context. Yeah. Give them some help to to process and yeah. understand it. Where were you when you told them? Right here in that table. Wow, that's yeah. the coming out table. Yes. There's no dance. This. Uh, <laughs> I don't see any. Uh, you, nobody banged on the. No, thing. no, no. No, actually, you know, my dad is a very quiet. A yeah. lovely man, but a very quiet man, you know. And he was, as he is, very quiet throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, my mom was the one doing the questions, you know. And some of the questions were very typical, like, you know, it's just something that we, you know. Like, yeah. Trying to find a cause. Sure. You Did, know, were they surprised? Did they have an inkling? My dad was surprised, and I think my mom wasn't. I think moms know, don't yeah. they? Yeah. They know. Yeah. She mentioned that I had, in a trip that we did to Europe, I had defended gay people very passionately, like... In '96, wow, like four years before, wow. So, I love uh, that. so she remembered that. Uh, so they put the, the the thing in there, yeah. the thing, you know. Like I remember before I came out, I got assigned to write the cover story for TV Guide on Will and Grace, and it yeah. was so exciting that like I, I have a cover story in TV Guide, and you know my parent in, in my town they would you know whatever, but it was also oh it was the gay show oh. That's interesting. <laughs> they picked him. Like yeah. it was like those little yeah, those yeah. little things along the way. Um, here's another question: What's a voicemail that was left for you that you played more than once? It was actually uh, when I did my last uh, when I did my thesis film from Colards. You know when I when I, I I finished it. You know and I had it in a VHS tape and I went to to a screening of the Street Hereafter. Which is Adam, Adam, Adam McGoyan's yeah. movie, and I had loved Exotica, and actually Exotica had been an inspiration for my thesis film. Right. So I went with my VHS copy and I gave it to him, and I and you know, he said, "You, after, I love your movie." After the screening, I love your movie was an inspiration. I hope you get to see this. You yeah. Know? He was literally living with a pile of VHS and DVDs, like you know. And where did you at a screening? Was at a screening a, at the at the Goldcrest 
On Sunset? So it wasn't like he came to your school or anything? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. It was it just was like a random screening? A random screening where okay. he was, you know. Uh, and I was convinced, that, you know. I mean, it's going to end up in the trunk of the car yeah. and garbage. Yeah. Three weeks later, I had a voice message from him. What did he say? Hi, Javier. This is Atomic Goyen. Uh, I watched your short, and I really wanted to congratulate you. You know, I, I mean, uh, it was very haunting. I remember that word, haunting. You know, um, I think, yeah, yeah, it was very haunting, and I hope that you continue making films. I, I don't know. It was just... He just encouraged you. I amazing, you. you know, which, unfortunately, I fucking erased. I don't know where I have it, but I listened to that many times, you know. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that story. And he I'm, is such a Did great... you get to see him again, like, at a festival? I mean... No, unfortunately. I mean, you know, when Undertow premiered in San Sebastián, his film was opening yeah. the festival. And I really wanted to go to him, and, and say, hey, uh, but there were so you know there were so many people, and so I didn't. But uh, you got you you're gonna have your Adam Goyen moment. Yeah, I actually in Panama a month ago, where you know the Vanishing Elephant screened at Panama, I met his producer. Okay, you did know, you tell the story? And I told her the story. Okay, you know. So you get and, and the funny thing is that my managers actually are yeah. his managers now. Okay. So, so it's going to work so out. So we have all these little connections, but I haven't really, you know. It's going to work out. But I want to thank him, at, you know, because yeah. he didn't need to, and it was great. Okay, I have two more questions for you. Yeah. What is something about you that is quintessentially Peruvian? Oh, fuck. <laughs> either, in, either in things that, you, something that you like, or that is, or something in, in, in an attitude, or, a, you know what I mean? Is there something about you that's like, oh, that's the, that's the Peru in me? Um... Wow, I need to think about that question. But I feel that, you know, I feel like I'm a little less structured and more a little more spontaneous than a lot of my friends here. You right. know, a little more go with the flow. Yeah, a little more like, you know, I don't need to make a plan. If you just knock on my door, it's great. You yeah. know, I'm used to people coming and going and not having to make a plan to see somebody. Right. You know, so, um, and I'm less a little less interested in what we're doing than... So we're just going to hang who out. Who we're doing it with. We're going yeah, to hang out. You know, so... I don't I love, that, I love that quality. It's great. Well, I don't know if, I don't know if it's only my quality, but I notice it. Right. You know, that As I, opposed to, well, where are we eating? Well, I don't like what they... Are we yeah. we got to get there because... Uh, uh, no. At what time, you know? So, yeah. No. You know, uh, or, or, or even like, you know, what are you doing now? Oh, oh we have plans to go see Mad Max. And I, okay... I would change those plans. You know, I mean, I don't care if I... Because I can see Mad Max tomorrow. If you're right, coming, right, right. You know, uh, or, I, or I would try to invite you, come see Mad Max with me, and if not, and I'm just using Mad Max because it's out right now. You know, right. but, uh, but uh, unless, unless I have tickets that are super already bought or yeah. that are super expensive, you know... Right, you're, you're, you're not, willing to sort yeah. of... It's more about the connection than the thing that you I'm more, Yeah, I'm more interested in... And I'll be willing to be flexible just so I can see people. Yeah. I love that. Stay connected. It's good. Yeah, but I, I, I feel that comes from like when I and now when I go back to Peru and I stay with my parents a lot of times, I can see how it is now because I live here and I live, you know. Right. Uh, you can see that something. It surprises that me how much people come and go. You it's know? kind of fun though. Yeah. Life can be lonely if you. It can be lonely. Here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, last question. What about your life now would blow the mind of the eight-year-old kid that saw My Fair Lady? Uh, well, I mean, that, that I am 
that I'm out and in love, and you know, or that I have a boyfriend, that I that I was able to make films, that I live in the U.S. I mean, there are many things. Almost everything. Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> yeah. what a journey. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I, 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 as I said, I was a little bit of the golden boy. You know, I was a good student. I was, I was a, the no-trouble kid, you know. Right. So it seemed that my life was going to go that way. I was going to be a husband. I was going to be a father. And I was going to be... Right. You could write your own ticket. You yeah. Had it. And I was going to be a doctor, you know. Right. Um, and I'm not any of those. <laughs> and you're something totally different. And it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, tell people how they can see The Vanished Elephant in Los Angeles and, and how else they should watch for it or learn more about it. Well, The Vanished Elephant is, you know, it's, it's going to be screening at the LA Film Festival on June 16th at 6 p.m. That's a Tuesday. Um, and it would be great if they want to come to that, you know, because we would love to have a... I think I want to see it on the big screen and, and, yeah. and, and see it... It's so beautifully shot. Okay, so that's you have one screening at the yeah. Electric I mean, Festival. you know, of course, you always want people to of course to, want to see it on a big screen, and you and directors will always say, "Oh, you need to see it on a big screen." Right. But I feel like this movie really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. It's, the compositions are so beautiful. We shot it with an amorphic lens. I mean, yes. we really pay. You know, it's like um, anyway. Um, so if they can come to that June sixteenth at six p.m. I love it. You know, LA Film Festival, and I think there's tickets are available for, you know, right now. Um, if that's not an option, then we have American distribution now. Fantastic. Yeah, with Oscilloscope, which is an indie label that I love, you know, and they, I mean, they, we haven't really locked uh, theatrical distribution. They really want to do it. So, and it seems like it might be at the end of the year, like November. So, okay. So I'm hoping that. People should just keep an eye out for it. Yeah, that it might... And I don't think it's going to be, like, a huge, but New York, LA, and maybe other cities, Miami, you know, hopefully. Uh, But we also... But after that, I know it will come out in in HBO US, too. I love it. HBO US? Yeah, but that will be probably 2016. For a while. No gay stuff in The Banished Elephant. Just me. Just you. That's (laughs) fine. I just noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, none of this. That's fine. It's good. The next one, though, the comedy has a lot of that. Okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. It's been so fun talking to you. I'm Same really impressed year. with the movie and your oh, journey, you. and no, no, and I'm proud of what you've achieved, and it's exciting to see people that are always lovely and nice do well. So. Thank you, Dennis. Yay. Thank you so much. All right. Keep an eye out for it, and um, are you on Twitter or any of that stuff? Uh, no, but I okay. should be. <laughs> no, I know. Exactly. That's what every, half the people I interview say that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, keep an eye out for The Banished Elephant. It's been a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. My thanks again to Javier Fuentes Leon. Check out his movie, The Vanished Elephant, at LA Film Festival, or keep an eye out for it as it makes its theatrical and uh, downloadable and all that stuff uh, coming later in the year. All right, so I promised you a little bit of good news, and here it is. I am partnering with Frontiers News Magazine, and uh, they're going to be posting the podcast on their blog, but uh, as part of our little um, arrangement... I'm going to give them one little extra bit of nugget that isn't in the regular podcast in, in a written form. So after I turned off the recording with Javier, he told me about this other project that he's working on. It's kind of his dream project. It's super cool when he describes it. And if you want to know what it is, go to Frontiers.com. And if it's not up there when you first get this uh, podcast, it'll be up there soon. We're just working out the kinks of all of that. So thank you, Frontiers. Check them out. And thank you, Javier. All right. Finally, so this happened. Okay, me and my friends Danny and Carlos went to Big Bear for Memorial Day weekend, a little getaway, right? 
And um, on one of the days we were there, we decided we might want to try ziplining. It's fun up there, yeah. So we went into the little storefront place where the tours are, and there was this woman in there named Suzanne, super fun, super high energy, and somehow right away pegged that we were gay, I could th- I think. Because she's like, are you guys from Long Beach or West Hollywood? Or like, like she kind of had our number. And I don't know, we didn't, you know, prance in in go-go shorts and um, harnesses. We just were our normal ebullient selves <laughs> but um we got to talking and it turns out that she had seen she goes have you seen those um three drag queens that are on channel five um and the one does tupperware and we're like chico's angels and she's like yeah they're amazing and i'm like that's danny he's free to lay so she was already a fan of danny and then they are they also offer segway tours and apparently this coming week they're doing a photo shoot for their segway tour and, well, this is what she said. She offered, she asked us if we wanted to come up and be models for it. And here's her quote. I had to write it on a card because it was so funny. We just need good-looking people, and if we get people from up here, they're just different. So, anyway, we got model scouted, is the point. Um, I'm tempted to make the trip back, A, because I've never driven a, a Segway, and you know what? A yes is a yes. You take them where you can get them. But uh, we probably won't. But if we, if you go to Big Bear, you should do the zip lining, and I think it's the only company there that does it. I don't remember the exact name. But uh, it was fun, and she made our day, and um, I'm a, we're all models. You know? It, it's kind of like hot in Cleveland. If you go the right place, you can be a model. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!